Did sedimentary rocks all over the Earth form slowly over millions of years? Maybe they formed quickly over millions of years. Uniformitarianism versus neocatastrophism today on Creation Magazine Live. The Bible's history is supported by scientific observations and we'll tell you about it on today's podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Calvin Smith. And I'm Richard Fangrad. And today we're going to be talking about uniformitarianism versus neocatastrophism. Yes. Um, so now those are terms <laughs> that might not be, many people might not be familiar okay. with, so well, we, we should define these. We'll I guess. start with that. So, yeah. so uh, uniformitarianism, that it's referring to geology primarily, right. and uh, that means that the layers of rock that we see all over the world are laid down slowly. Over right. millions of years. Neocatastrophism is the notion that these layers of rock were laid down in catastrophes over millions of years. Right, or at least portions of the sedimentary layers were right. laid down. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, how does this really relate to creation evolution? Well, obviously, if evolution has occurred, it must have taken place over billions of years. So this directly relates to how these layers got laid down, et cetera, yes. right? So. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, if, you base, if, if we base our ideas on the Bible, God right. creates recently in six literal days followed by a global flood. Right. And so the timeline there is very different. If we compare the two timelines, yeah. uh, you can see here the two timelines, and even uh, Mark 10.6 where Jesus says, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Well, you can see there that if the evolutionary timeline is accurate, people are nowhere near the beginning of creation. Right. So Jesus would be wrong if, in fact, the Big Bang timeline is accurate. Exactly. So these uh, vast thicknesses of sedimentary rocks all around the world, uh, they're commonly used by evolutionists as evidence for vast ages, right? Right. Now, But yep. they, they couldn't be millions of years old according to the Bible, based on verses like you've just mentioned, right? So biblical creationists have always pointed to the flood as the cause of the layers, which would mean, would totally makes sense, because now death, would have occurred after Adam's sin, after man's fall, right? Sin and death entered into the world, and of course the flood took place after that. So if the flood created the rock layers, we don't need millions of years. Totally makes sense with what the Bible says. Right, yeah. Now, most evolutionists in the last 150 years held that the rock layers were deposited slowly over right. millions of years. That's uniformitarianism. Yeah. Um, because sedimentation usually occurs slowly today, right. I mean, it, it makes sense. You look at how sedimentary rocks are formed today, and they're formed slowly, you know, in millimeters per year, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and the philosophy that processes have always occurred at roughly constant rates, that they throw around the term, the present is the key to the past. Right. That's the basis behind this idea. Yeah. And it was popularized by anti-Christian lawyer... Charles Lyell, in a book that he wrote in 1830 called The Principles of Geology, and this book became the benchmark for understanding geology for a very long time after that. So, uh, and, and Charles Darwin, he was given a copy in, by, the, by the captain, Captain Fitzroy on the Beagle, to start his round-the-world journey. And so he was thinking in terms of millions of years in geology, and he just applied that to biology, and presto, you have evolution. Exactly. Yep. Now, Lyell was against Christianity. Yes. Um, he, he had a bias against the Bible and the church. And how do we know this? Well, we know it because of what he wrote. Uh, he, he wrote correspondences to friends and, and, and things like that. And uh, he actually said, um, when he was trying to get portions of um, uh, principles of geology uh, into, um, into a scientific... To, to, to get it published, a scientific get it, get paper. Published, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, he, he wrote several letters. Here's, here's one of them. He wrote to a, a fellow older geologist. Okay? Right. Um, he said, I trust I'm, I, 
I shall make my sketch of the progress of geology popular. Old Fleming, which was uh, a reverend, um, is frightened and thinks the age will not stand my anti-mosaical conclusion. Ooh. And at least that the subject will be for a time become unpopular and awkward for the clergy. But I'm not afraid. I shall out with the whole, but in as conciliatory a manner as possible. Now, when you're reading these old things, it's kind of like old English. But you've got to do some, you know, maybe that doesn't sound as plainly as we'd write it today. But look at what he's saying here. Yeah, his, his bias was pretty clear. Yeah. His, his anti-church notions, anti-mosaical, as he, as he puts it there, of course, talking about Moses. Well, what did Moses write? Genesis, among other things. Yep. And, uh, and the notion that uh, there was a flood. And then it makes the most sense, as we've just said, that the flood would be responsible for laying down the layers of rock. Well, exactly, because they're talking about rock layers. They're talking about geology. So yes. when they say anti-mosaic, they're talking directly about the flood. That's the only other thing Moses wrote about that, that they could be talking about. That right, would relate, cause, geology, yeah. Because what would yeah. a large flood do? It would create billions of dead things buried in sedimentary layers, which is exactly what people were seeing all over the yeah. planet. But it, was, we, it was a global flood, so you have a global, a global cause, global effect, right? Global fossil record, global sedimentary rocks. Exactly. And we saw right away that Lyell had an agenda. He did, yeah. And uh, here's, here's some more to back that up. Um, this is what he wrote uh, on June 1830 to a, a friend of his, um, a, a George Paulette Scrope. And he was trying to get portions of... of um, his book on geology into this scientific, the quarterly review, a scientific journal. Okay. And here's what he said. Now, first, I'll give you the PS, which I think is, is the, the real giveaway here. He said, I conceived the idea five or six years ago that if ever the mosaic geology could be set down without giving offense, it would be in a historical sketch. And you must abstract mine in order to have as much, or sorry, in order to have as little to say as possible yourself. Let them feel it and point the moral. Now, it's interesting what he's saying is he said, I thought up this idea that if you could get rid of the, the idea of, of Genesis and the flood and stuff like that, you'd yeah. do it in a historical sketch. You'd have to get a new way of explaining those rock layers, right? And then yeah. he said, I'm sure you may get into the quarterly review what will free the science from Moses. For if treated seriously, the church party are quite prepared for it. If we don't irritate, which I fear that we may, though mere, uh, though mere history, we shall carry all with us. If you don't triumph uh, over them, but compliment the liberality and candor of the present age, the bishops and enlightened saints will join us in despising both the ancient and modern physical theologians. It is just the time to strike, so rejoice, sinner that you are, that the quarterly review is open to you. You know, lawyer, Lyle here, the, the, the lawyer par excellence, he knew yeah. exactly what he was doing here, right? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just a scientific investigation, but it was, it was like a political game he was playing. Yes. He knew the church had a certain amount of power, and he knew that he had to use them to, you know, if he could convince them and use them, it would actually destroy Genesis and, uh, and what Christianity's bedrock stood on. Right, and, and this, this his secretive scheming in the background here, yeah. it, it didn't just... Uh, um, deceive the church to accept his false ideas. It set geology on a wrong path for over a century. <laughs> right. uh, incredible. The dominance of gradualism in, in geological studies and sciences shifted the, the study of geological, the, the, the whole science, yep. for, uh, for more than 100 years. Historians of geology now realize that the non-scientific factors uh, preserved that paradigm even when it was clearly contradictory to the evidence. To the evidence, which, and, and these were evidences that creationists have used, right? Yes. Yep. Creationists have used them, and, and were mocked and scoffed at because 
Because as soon as you talked about a catastrophe, people said, oh, you're talking about the flood. Well, that's a religious idea. Yeah. And so they threw yeah. it at the window. But I mean, <laughs> uh, we, now we've talked about things like this before. But for example, you know, polystrate fossils. Right. Here's a picture of a tree. It's standing upright. It's 20 feet tall. And, and if you see the little yellow bar there next to it, that's supposedly a million years of sedimentation according to Lyell's theories. Well, how do you get a dead tree yeah, standing oops. upright as the sedimentation comes in at a rate of like 5,000 years per centimeter? It's not going to happen. That thing obviously no. got buried in a, no. in a ca catastrophe. Lots of sediment over a little bit of time. Uh, we mentioned Mount St. Helens, of course, where in 1980, of course, the thing blew its top, started creating all these uh, sedimentary layers, which were never there before. And uh, you can see in this picture that that middle section that was laid down, uh, it only took like three hours to lay that down. Three Six hours, an evening in June. Yep. yep. 16 feet of, of, of solid rock sedimentary layers. So these are the kind of evidences now the creationists were pointing to and saying, look, that doesn't make any sense, and, and now there seems to be a shift yeah, against yeah. what Lyell taught, and, because it's so obvious that it doesn't take millions of years. And a lot of geologists consider Lyell's ideas a bit silly at, at, at this point. Modern geologists yeah, Modern do, geologists, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah consider uh, Warren D. Allman, director of paleontological, paleontological research institution in Ithaca, New York. He's the adjunct, adjunct associate professor of earth and atmospheric sciences at Cornell University. Not a lightweight in geology. Uh, no, no. He had some rather unflattering <laughs> comments. He said this, Lyle also sold geology some snake oil. He convinced <laughs> geologists that all past processes acted at their current rates, that is, those observed in historic time. This extreme gradualism has led to numerous unfortunate consequences, including the rejection of sudden catastrophic events in the face of positive evidence for them, for no reason other than they were not gradual. Right. So here's modern geologists looking at what Lyell used to convince people that the Bible wasn't true, yep. and they're saying, look, the facts just show that no, catastrophes have taken place. So let's just recap here from what okay. we learned so far. Okay, number one. Lyell had a clear anti-Christian bias. He purposely promoted uniformitarianism to counter the concept of a, of a biblical flood recorded right. in the books of Moses. Two, people who uh, believed in the Genesis flood were mocked and ridiculed for, 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 from saying, no, look at the facts. The facts show that there was a, a big flood. Yeah. And they were ridiculed for that because they called it religious. Yeah, and they still are today. Right. But. Three, his ideas didn't actually make much sense. And modern <laughs> geology has caught up to that, and modern geologists have rejected Lyell. Now, okay, so he came up with this faulty, faulty premise to reject Genesis. We found out that it was faulty. Wouldn't it make sense to go back to what Genesis says and say that there was a, a big flood that caused all the rock layers? Well, not if you're anti-Christian. No, no, then, then the thing is you have to have catastrophes. So that leads to catastrophes to bury things quickly before they decay to get fossils. If you bury things but gradually, you need millions you of get, years of your atheist because you, you need to believe in evolution. Yeah. So, so what's the answer? Neocatastrophism. Right. So you have a catastrophe that lays down the rocks, and then millions of years of no activity where no layers are laid down and no fossils are produced. <laughs> so you have catastrophe that you get from the data, right. and you have the millions of years in between the gaps. Well, that's exactly right. If you look at this chart here, here's a chart of neocatastrophism. You say, okay, well, if all these layers get laid down rapidly, where's the time? Well, the time is actually in between the layers where there's no evidence. I just think that's hilarious as a, as a, you know, as a stopgap measure to, to, to concede that, okay, you need catastrophism. So if you ask these folks, where's, the, where's, your, where's your data yeah. for millions of years? Well, it's in between the layers where there's no, no data. No data. So the absence of evidence becomes evidence for millions of years. Right. Yep. And, and of course, they keep their timeline the same. 
That's a real blow away if you think about it. Okay, all these layers got laid down slowly, so we know that this one is this many millions of years old. Oh, actually, they got laid down quickly. So, you, but you've kept your timeline? Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge problem with neocatastrophism, because think about it. Okay, let's say these layers here. They all got laid down at one time. Big okay. catastrophe, boom, right? Now, you're going to have millions of years of erosion. That's what they're saying, right? That's where the millions of years are. But erosion yes. doesn't take place evenly, right? You're going to have different weather patterns here, more wind there than, than there, whatever. Yeah, so you, yeah. it's not going to erode like a perfect line. So then let's say, okay, that happens, and then you get another dump of, of, of huge another sediments. Catastrophe. Another catastrophe. Well, that's what your rock layers are going to start looking like. Okay. And over time, we should see this jumbled mess of, of, of multiple layers from multiple catastrophes, but not in a, in a clear sequence. Well, let's go out into the field, though. Here's a picture of, uh, of uh, Grand Canyon. Yes. Look at those yeah. layers. And, and, and they're laid down like pancakes, a lot of them, right? Yeah, and they stretch for uh, huge distances in some cases. That's right. I mean, we see an example here of the, the contact between the Coconino sandstone above with the hermit shale below. Now look at the contact line there, right? And it's amazing. It's it, totally flat and smooth. That's right. There's no evidence of erosion in between those layers. Yeah. And yet there's supposedly 10 million years of missing time between those layers. Yeah. yeah. So this just isn't stacking up because, like you said, um, the, the size of these layers, it, it's astonishing, yeah. right? Some of the layers in Grand Canyon can be traced to England across the ocean, the Tapete Sandstone, for example. Right. Uh, it's just incredible, the size of that. And so that the data doesn't fit neo-catastrophism either. <laughs> that's right. It, it, uh, um, it, it, one catastrophe. That's what the data shows. That's right. But of course they can't have that because that sounds way too much like uh, yeah, now, a biblical flood. Now we're not saying that uh, uh, all these layers, um, you know, all the layers that we see were, were laid down at the time of the flood, right? We recognize that would have been other catastrophes that could have laid down things yes, like that. But what creationists are saying is that the majority... Of the rock layers sure. that we see today yep. were um, were laid down at the time of the the great flood and and yeah it, it doesn 't make sense for for faulty ideas that displaced one idea to then when we find out that that faulty idea doesn 't work to throw out both ideas as if well, this one replaced this one, so we don 't have to worry about this one anymore. Oh, this one replaced this one we, well what about the old one? That made good sense. Why don't we, we come back to that, take, right. a, take a look at that, and yeah. see if that makes sense. And, of course, this is what we're doing here, showing that neocatastrophism uh, doesn't really hold uh, a lot of water. It doesn't, yeah. Either. Uh, that was, I guess that's a pun. Oh, anyway. very good, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. No, one catastrophe, it's, it's the global flood that the Bible talks about. That's the answer to, uh, to understanding geology. And really what we're seeing here is that these ideas that secular geologists have proposed, they've, they've been overturned. Right, we, we we've seen what Lyell came up with. That that doesn't make sense to a lot of modern geologists, etc. Right. Uh, the uh, proposals that they're coming up with, though, they've been kind of debunked here. And so, you know, some of these ideas. Again, we need to reiterate: these are the ideas that overturned belief in the Bible, because people said, "Well, obviously, the rock layers got laid down over millions of years, and Genesis isn't true, so we don't need to to, to believe right. what the Bible said." But yep. We need to rethink these things and, and get back to the, to a biblical model. I mean, even the idea of superposition, you know, that 
this layer is older than this. That that's that's got to be totally rethought based on experiments that we've we've observed. Right? Yeah, yeah. In in some cases, it wouldn't yeah. apply to everything. For example, all of the course. strata in yeah. Grand Canyon. But in some cases, it does need to be rethought. Right. Uh, so superposition. The the idea is that obviously <clears throat> the lower layers are older than the upper layers. Right. And that's uh, you know that. Uh, in uniformitarian ideas, that that would that would always, that would always be the case. Be true, yeah. In 1669, Nicholas Steno, a naturalist from Tuscany, uh, he defined the principles of stratigraphy in his book uh, Prodomus. Uh, these included a the principle of superposition. At the time when any given strata was being formed, all the matter resting upon it was fluid, and therefore, at the time when the lower stratum was being formed none of the upper stratum existed. That's what he wrote there back in 1669. Right. Well, you know, in a flood model, though, and I mean, that, that makes total logical sense to people. They just say, well, obviously this one's older than this one, right? But uh, in, in a flood-like condition, that, things could be very different. Um, yes. You know, like Guy Berteau, for example, uh, a scientist, he, he's shown that, uh, well, he's got this big machine that he takes, and he takes sediment with the different uh, coarseness and stuff like that, and he, and he uses a huge amount of water, and he, and he you know, moves the water along very quickly, and what, he, what he's found is that layers form very fine layers. They sort themselves out into different groupings, they, and the strata, right, is, is what's yeah. formed, yeah. and, and they, they form, form left to right, or right to left, depending on which way he's, he's firing that water. Yeah. So and the moving uh, water is sorting the different particles that, that are all a mixture, and sorting them into layers, right? Which is Except it's, it's the direction that layers are, are being sorted that's yes. very interesting, yep. right? And uh, the, the journal Nature has exported, uh, reported similar experiments done. And so, just to explain this, if you look here at the, the the diagram, here's the concept of superposition, right? So, you know, if you ask somebody, okay, we've got the lower layers, we've got the higher layers, and, and you let's say you mark two spots, you said, okay, well, they've got a spot here and a spot here, and then you ask the question, which part is older? Is the lower part older or the upper part lower or older? Now, most people are going to tell you, the, the, obviously... The lower one, yes. Right. Yeah. But in these experiments, what happens is that, you know, when he shoots the water through, uh, the, uh, the direction of the, that the water's flowing, the sediments actually get laid down like in, in a, in a wave-like fashion. So it, you know, sweeps along... And so you can see uh, this dotted line here is representing, you know, it moving along from left to right. Now, think about it. As it was being laid down, the, the um, two marker points here, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look. If it's being laid down left to right, and I mark this point, and then I mark this point, and I say, well, which part is older, this one or this one? Hmm. Here's, here's the, the answer, which is very intriguing, is that the upper X... That part actually got laid down before, before the lower part. Yeah. The lower part. Yeah. So in a sense, it's older. Yes. Because yeah. it was laid first. Well, actually, it's not really that much older because it, it happened very quickly. It's all one catastrophe that's laying it down. That, all that lays one mudflow. Yeah. But you know, which is older? Well, it's the one that got laid down first. So, and, and as you mentioned, right? We're not saying that all of you know the layers we see in Grand Canyon or something got. You know, right. got laid with, down the same within time. Within the layers, this type of a thing could be going on to sift out the different the varieties within a particular uh, layer of strata. Right, and and so in the flood model itself, there are neo catastrophes. Right, you get a certain bunch of, of of sediment laid down. Maybe the water washed back out. I mean, this event took place in the course of a year. 
But right. that would make sense of the of the of the the strata we see because it's still happening very quickly. It, it's no wonder that evolutionist Derek Ager, uh, professor or emeritus professor of University College of Swansea, said the following: "It must be significant that nearly all the evolutionary stories I learned as a student have now been debunked." <laughs> Kind of a revealing, <laughs> revealing yeah. admission there from an evolutionist. Well, and, and Derek Ager, uh, he, he, he wrote a book on neocatastrophism, right? He was one of the champions of neocatastrophism back in the 70s. Yeah. And he actually referenced in his book that creationists would seize upon this, and he knew that. But, hey, we've got to face up to the facts, and, and et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But, well, good for him. Yeah, so. good for him. <laughs> now, the whole concept really here of millions of years comes down to one concept. It's the concept of prehistory. Prehistoric. There was a time before there was a written record. There was, and so for Christians, right. there was a time before what the Bible records. That's really the concept that's are in people's minds, right? Yeah. And so you build upon that. So if you say there was a prehistory, you'd have to say that forensic science is the key to that history because there's no written record. So now forensic science gets elevated, historical science, right? Not, not observable, repeatable right. science. Right. And then so you, you extrapolate that science across uh, a time. Well, it demands a strict uniformitarianism because you've got to extrapolate. You can't say, well, a catastrophe happened and then, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, edge it out over time. Yeah. Then secular geology uh, eliminates the flood and then uh, secular biology eliminates creation. And here we are, uh, what most people have accepted is biological evolution over millions of years based on a simple concept that... Yeah. Yep. It's, just a, it's just a philosophy. Um, so from, from what we've seen, neither uniformitarianism nor neocatastrophism is an explanation for the geology that we see for the sedimentary layers that we see around the world exactly and one single catastrophe as we've said is 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 the answer to explaining geology right now if you go to creation.com there's a fantastic resource on there called rock solid answers the biblical truth behind 14 geological questions and uh, it's just a fantastic resource goes through explains a lot of the things we've been we've been talking about here as to why uh, the flood Right, yes. the, the data yeah. we see out in the field, uh, taken from uh, you know what the Bible says about history, that there was a great flood. That makes makes sense of what the, uh, the what what the, the layers show and how they would have got there and, and so on. So. Right. Oh yeah. We also want to add a um, uh, here's an article from our website creation.com. Someone wrote in a feedback and uh, uh, it relates to uh, to this subject as well. Uh, this uh, person F M from the United States said, Hi CMI, even though I disagree with your argument that dinosaurs lived together with humans at one point, I still find it intriguing because although I am an old earth creationist, I think it would be awesome to see if we really lived with dinosaurs. <laughs> although we disagree on the age of the earth question, I also think both young earth creationism and old earth creationism can make common ground against Darwinism. God bless, and that was the end. That was their comment that they sent in. Well, see, we hear this a lot, right? Hey, listen, you believe in an old earth, we believe in the young earth. Why don't we just, you know, you, team unite. up together yeah. and we'll just, you know, bash evolutionists and stuff. They're totally missing the point of what CMI yes. is teaching. It has nothing to do with bashing evolution. It has to do with biblical authority. See, if you, yeah. if you talk about millions of years of earth history, you say that, that million, those millions of years happened before Adam sinned. You've got death before sin. That's a huge blow to our theology. It ends up destroying the gospel. Right. So it's not about teaming up to bash the evolutionists. It's about upholding the authority of God's word. Yes. And which position yep. most does that. And that's why we teach what we teach. That's so. right. 
Today's episode was originally formatted for broadcast TV and is available online at the links in the podcast show notes. Both are produced by Creation Ministries International, publishers of Creation Magazine. For more information for the accuracy of the Bible, visit creation.com. You can also donate to the ministry at creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening. 